This is Songwriter, the podcast of stories and answer songs. My name is Ben Arthur. Today, we have a brand new song from Michelle Gaw, but first, a story about sexuality, identity, and friendship. My name is Lou Barrett, and I think of myself as a writer, and I identify as non-binary, so I use they, them pronouns. I write a lot about my relationship to butches. I've always dated people who identify as butch or just on the more masculine side. And I've always been attracted to like the bad boy, you know, so I'm attracted to this person who like in a lot of ways doesn't like emotionally, I'm not having what I want to have with the person. Like my best friend that I was like into was really I wrote that she was spunky, like she was just like really loud and like more domineering. So it's kind of a lot of the things I'm attracted to in the butch people I've dated. So it was like these like power, like toppy seeming feminine women. (laughs) I've always hated the, this is, this isn't a choice. I think it's not a choice in the sense that People cannot help that they're who they're attracted to. Sure. So plenty of people, you know, lesbian identified people cannot help, obviously, that they're attracted to women and they can't help that they're not attracted to men. That part I don't think is a choice. But I think identities themselves are words that we created to classify these different things. But I don't think that I'm like innately non-binary or like innately queer. I also think that so many people experience their sexualities differently so like i experience this is the way i experience it you know like i've only dated one cis man when i was in college uh it wasn't for me i started dating women when i was 15. some people they're like this isn't a choice for me and i think that's just as like valid and interesting of an experience as someone like me who's saying no i like think i'm like choosing some of it we got so obsessed with the choice thing because of, for political reasons. Right. And we had to show, no, we cannot help this. And what I don't like about it is that it's like, makes it seem like, yeah, who would choose this? <laughs> who would want to be gay? I asked Lou if there was anything else they wanted to share. That I love all the gay people who say it's, it's not a choice. I don't want them to be mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> it, I know that it's not a choice for many people. This is Lou Barrett with their piece, Like Sisters on a Hotel Bed, live at a house concert in Cleveland, Ohio. I talk a lot about how I love butches. I praise thy butchness. I've always dated women and queer people who are much more masculine than I am. And now that's where I focus my attention. There was a time, however, when I was attracted to femininity. In middle school, I had a crush on my straight best friend. She was a dancer, tall, beautiful. I thought everything about her was perfect. I didn't acknowledge this as a crush at the time. Instead, I figured everybody blindfolds their best friend and leads them through the mall to buy a -A Build-A-Bear. Of course, I've always been romantic as hell. Things got more intimate in high school. The dancer and I faded because of whatever middle school drama we were dealing with. I had my first girlfriend freshman year, a total tomboy. I loved the patches on her zip up and how she never wore makeup. She was just all skin and body. I liked that she initiated any contact we had. It made me feel wanted, sought after. 
We broke up at the end of my freshman year. Then I met her, my new best friend. She wasn't a tomboy at all. I'll call her Anna. Anna wore shirts from Goodwill that always showed a little bit of her stomach. Skinny jeans and Converse. Her hair was fried and dyed and she had the most perfect lips. We became friends because I invited her on a family vacation with me. I was weird as hell too. She wasn't weird at all and got permission to come. She wasn't weirded out at all and got permission to come. The night before we started the journey to Kings Island Amusement Park with my dad, brother, and his plus one, we sat around the fire and gave each other a crash course on our childhoods and teenage desires. We'd had similar mommy issues and bonded instantly. I felt so understood by her. While staying at the hotel over the weekend vacation, I sat on the bed reading or doing whatever people did on laptops before social media. LimeWire? <laughs> I heard screaming. Anna jumped out of the shower and into the hotel room naked and yelled, there's a spider in my lotion. I felt honored that she'd let me see her naked so quickly. At the time, I assumed she was straight. She knew I wasn't. I felt like she already trusted me. It was like we were sisters, but I was gay and she wasn't really my sister, so I was confused <laughs> about how this made me feel. <laughs> she insisted we go complain to the front desk. I learned very quickly that Anna was spunky. She liked causing a scene, not in an aggressive way or negative attention-seeking way, but she liked to make a ruckus. Anna was loud and not ashamed of it. I found this intimidating because at 15, I was extremely timid and self-conscious. I also found it exciting and alluring. Again, not understanding it was alluring. The rest of the hotel night consisted of a hotel clerk at least five years older than us, flirting with her and following us around while we encouraged it because we were 15. I felt so protective of Anna, like it was my job to make sure this random hotel guy didn't hurt her. I'd never felt that before. This vacation made us fast friends. Fast friends, like best friends who would hang out every weekend, talk every day, text, pass notes, and doodles. Anna made these really funny doodles of her and I. She'd take memories of the two of us and create little comic strips, exaggerating funny lines we'd said to each other. Early on, I understood that I had a crush on her, but I also knew she was the best friend I'd ever had and I didn't want that to change because of me weirding her out or us trying to date and then breaking up or something. I knew she knew, or at least I assumed she did because of how she was with me. I felt like her boyfriend. Her parents were strict, so my mom's house was a safe haven for her to come and relax. We could sneak out and smoke cigarettes, drink Mike's Hard Lemonades, and didn't have to turn the light out at a certain time because my mom had about no rules. I liked being able to provide for her, even if this was a 15-year-old's way of providing. We both continued to date other people because why wouldn't we? Even still, we'd have talks that felt romantic. 
Once, while painting a set for an upcoming play, she sat and texted while I did all the painting. She laughed and said, this is what it'll be like when we're older and have a house. You'll just do everything while I relax. Anytime something like this would happen, I'd be like, ha 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 ha, while inside I was exploding. I always felt like I wanted to be Anna's husband more than her girlfriend. I never liked her boyfriends. She dated girls too, and I didn't like them. Nobody was good enough for her. Anna hated my girlfriends too. They treat you like shit, she'd say about every one of them, and she wasn't wrong. About a year into us being friends, I started dating someone who had a crush on Anna once. I had a crush on her too, so I was glad when I was chosen. She was a butch pothead. We'll call her Mo. Mo would sing and dance to music in her car like she were live on stage. She was incredibly animated and held my hand every chance she got. There were things I had with Mo that I knew I wouldn't have with Anna, or at least it wouldn't be the same. Whenever Mo answered the phone for me, she'd say, hello, beautiful. <laughs> she held doors open for me, complimented me constantly, surprised me by showing up to things she said she couldn't make it to, and is still the only person who hit my G-spot consistently and on purpose. <laughs> Let's give it up. <laughs> Mo wore baggy jeans and had a tongue ring she'd fiddle with, rubbing the ball across her lips. I found it so sexy. She, lives, she lived a few cities over, and I'd drive her to the bus stop when it was time for her to go home. We'd park at a local fire station close by and make out like it were the last time we'd ever make out. Kissing her was like breathing. She'd grab my thighs and kiss my neck, making me weak and so ready for her to hit my G-spot again. <laughs> it was hard to imagine someone without her stature making me feel like that. Mo was stronger than me, bigger than me, I loved feeling small on top of her. However, like most high school relationships, we had our issues. One night, Mo bailed on a plan we had. I had this bad habit of flipping out more than necessary because of all the times I didn't flip out on people whose behavior was much worse. Still working on this habit. <laughs> she wanted to make it up to me and found a ride to my house. Anna and I were hanging out. Her girlfriend was coming over too. Somehow, Anna and I decided to take a shower together. It wasn't sexual. We wore bikinis or bras or underwear or something. Halfway through, I asked if I could go all the way naked. She was fine with it. After, Anna and I split a bottle of gas station sangria and things got heavy fast. I'm not sure how it started, but I told her I was in love with her. She said she was in love with me too. Anna didn't want to ruin our friendship. I was the best friend she'd ever had. We were like family. I agreed, but said it was really hard having all these feelings for her. I told her about the Katy Perry song, Thinking of You, and how it always reminded me of her. 
My girlfriend got there first, noticing our matching wet hair. I told her confidently we shower together. I think Mo couldn't decide whether or not to be turned on or pissed and just looked super confused. We made up, of course. Anna's girlfriend got there and we all hung out. Halfway through the night, I put Katy Perry's thinking of you on my stereo and locked eyes with Anna. I've always been dramatic as hell. (laughs) This kind of thing went on for years until around our 18th birthdays. We never tried to date. I think even if we both wanted to, we would have had no idea how. I loved the idea of her and I did really love her, but romantically, I was at a loss. With her, I felt like I'd have to play a role I wasn't used to. I had already come to love being seduced by makeupless faces, tomboys and dirty hoodies who told me I was beautiful and fucked me really hard. My attraction to masculinity only grows as I get older. With the right person, I can feel completely powerless to my desire for them. I can be strong in public, but submit in private. We indulge in each other's bare skin and bodies. Anna and I remained close friends to this day. Her daughters know me as their aunt. She truly is the closest person I've had to a sister. And while we were so in love in high school, I'm glad things always remained platonic. That was Lou Barrett reading Like Sisters on a Hotel Bed. And now for the song written in response by Michelle Gaw. I spoke to Michelle on the back porch of her charming second floor apartment in the leafy suburbs. Yeah, my name is here. When I got to the ending, it felt kind of almost too resolved. It was just so matter of fact. And I was a little surprised with the with the security that they had about that, and they didn't really seem to question, because I, I think I'm the type of person that questions everything. It, def- it definitely made me think about relationships with friends that I have, experiences where A, maybe I did have feelings for a friend and I told them and it did ruin our friendship, where I was rejected or something along those lines, or I had feelings for friends and maybe whether or not they were reciprocated, I never knew, I never found out and time just went on. Some of my closest friends, I probably at one point had crushes on them and they know that. Like two, I can think of two that know that I had crushes on them. I am grateful that in those situations, I never said anything and I never tried to pursue anything because I have these amazing friendships today. Maybe at times in my life, I would have questioned whether or not a romantic relationship with these certain people would have been better or something like that. But I think the story just kind of made me reflect on how amazing platonic relationships can be and what is intimacy, you know? Is intimacy, all? does it always have to be sexual? I'm gonna be really personal. Like there are people that I have seen naked I don't know anything about. My friends, it's like I know everything about them and I've never seen them naked, you know? It's like you can see somebody naked and not know a thing about them or their soul or their spirit or them as a person, where they, what their last name is, what they do for work. A lot of people think nakedness is like the most intimate you can be with somebody, but like 
I don't necessarily think that's true. I have a lot of what I call chosen family. It's kind of weird in a sense of like, you start as you're romantically, sexually attracted to somebody or whatever, then you build this closeness and that maybe never happens. And then it's like one day they're family. <laughs> like I don't think maybe when you have those feelings for someone off the bat, you're not wrong. Your instincts aren't wrong. You're attracted to that person for a reason, you know? And if that person stays in your life, then I think you definitely weren't wrong. You know, for me, some of the closest friends I have are people who play music. When somebody shares a song with you before they show anyone else or they text you, I have so many friends that will text me like lyrics to songs they're writing and things like that. And it's almost like a language that only people that really know me can understand. And I like that because it's almost like a hidden code that only certain people that really know me get to know. Here's Michelle Gaw with her song, What Makes a Friend, live in Cleveland, Ohio. What makes a friend? What makes it easier to stay that way? I don't want this to end. But I can't hide these feelings no more They're coming out I've seen you naked with all your clothes on No more, I'm changing now And I'm so thankful for you and all we've been through makes you feel safe Is it smoking cigarettes without the fear of getting caught And I love any place I get to be with you and forget all my thoughts Yeah, they're all gone I've seen you naked with all your clothes on All gone and life moves along for you and all we've been through That was Michelle Gaw with a song written in response to a story from Lou Barrett. You can hear more from Lou at loubarrett.com or Purpled Palm Press. And you can hear more from Michelle at michellegaw.bandcamp.com. The next episode of Songwriter will feature a story from Mike Veve and a song written in response by Johnny Latira of the band Tough Sunshine. We're now in the second half of the second season of Songwriter, which means this is the last two weeks to enter the contest to write a response to a story from Michael Ian Black in the final episode of season two. All you have to do is write a song or a story or a poem in response to any story or song in any episode of Songwriter and tag me with it on social media or email me at benarthurmail at gmail. 
The Songwriter is now a part of the American Songwriter Podcast Network, along with some great podcasts. Make sure to check out americansongwriter.com forward slash podcast. And you can always get early access to the Songwriter Podcast at Paste. Just go to pacemagazine.com and search for Ben Arthur. And while you're there, check out the Paste Podcast or get it wherever you get yours. Last, thanks as always to Rob Reinhardt and Acoustic Cafe.